The following Dharma talk was given at Common Ground Meditation Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Again, good evening. I was asking Mark, is anyone going to be here? It's a beautiful evening outside. You'd be drinking strawberry lemonade on the deck, grilling veggie burgers by the lake. I don't know. But here we are. Um, he asked me how long, ago, uh, how long ago I ordained as a monk, and I just realized I'm having a whole bunch of anniversaries. Um, today, I got a whole bunch of roses from my partner in San Francisco. We've been together nine years today. And uh, so very fortunate. And I ordained 20 years ago this summer in England, after two years of being a novice. And uh, I started meditating 30 years ago, when I was 16. I'm 46. I was like, oh, it's time. One of the fortunate things I, I feel is that, you know, I've never known an adult life without having meditation as part of my toolkit. So I feel really, really good about that. Because um, life throws all sorts of interesting things. Um, I'm curious, who's here for the first time? We have one, two. Yeah. Remember, I love that sign coming in. It's like we strive to make a, it's a welcoming place. It's a, it's a great sign. One of the new people is uh, someone I'm incredibly proud of. Uh, I was a high school teacher for a while, and this very shy young girl has become a very amazing young woman. So I'm very happy. Stop making that face. You know, it's true. <laughs> so I'm happy to have her here. Um, and it's always such, a, such an honor and a privilege to be on this cushion, to be in, in, in Minneapolis. It's uh, um, of the six or seven countries I've lived in and all the different towns, I think Minnesota is where I've lived the longest. So it has a little bit of, a, of this sense of, of being at home. And when uh, Shelly or someone from the office is like, oh, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I don't know. So I, I've been interested in uh, talking to Westerners about past lives and non-self. I've also been interested in talking about devotion because the Western mind, you know, Buddhism or meditation tends to attract a lot of classically educated people, so many people in the head. So sometimes devotional practices can open up the heart in a way that books cannot, or the intellect cannot. And then the third choice I gave her was, you can talk about how to use the practice when you're feeling overwhelmed or when you're feeling numb with things that are happening in the world. She said, talk about that. Okay. If you've heard me talk before, you know that I, I use humor and stories. And uh, today I'm not feeling very humorous uh, because of this topic. Um, things can feel really heavy sometimes, either personal things or things going on in society. And so what happens when you're in the middle of it? It's such, a, it's such an interesting uh, question for today's world. And in the Pali Canon, I've been so fascinated by, by, fascinated by the way the Buddha talks about all these things, you know, like mental formations, intention, feeling. There's all these words. In the Western lexicon, we tend to use the word emotions, which I don't know if in Pali there is an equivalent for that specific word. You know? I don't think there's a, a, an equivalent to the word emotions. 
Many times when we talk about feeling overwhelmed or feeling with difficulty, Western psychology talks about emotions. Now, what I want you to do is to meet an alien in your head. You're going to explain what this word means. By the way, can everybody hear me all the way in the back? Okay. So what does the word emotion mean to you right now? An alien comes to you and like, hey, what's an emotion? What's an emotion? Okay. So I want you to define it right now. Okay. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds. Talk to your alien. This is what emotions are. Please define that to yourself right now. You're defining that word right now. And now you're going to have two minutes each to share what that means to somebody next to you, hopefully somebody you haven't met. Say your name, how you ended up here today, and then define the word emotion to them. So turn to someone and just define that word. (laughs) So such a common word, right? Such a common word. Uh, Thank you for sharing, those of you, and... By the way, you never have to share whenever I ask these questions. And so what's in the room? I'm going to ask this side of the room for one volunteer, this side of the room, and this side of the room. What's an emotion, the current definition, and this side of the room? One volunteer. Yes. Yeah. An energy response to a conscious experience. Ooh, that's a nice one. Top that one. Okay, this side of the room. Yes. It's an embodied response. Okay. Yeah. This side of the room, one volunteer. You ready? Yes. Okay. About the weather for the body and the mind. Okay. Yeah. And so, again, this is what we're dealing with when we're feeling overwhelmed. And um, it is interesting that in the Pali canon they don't use that word, but they definitely talk about what is it like? You know, and when the, the Buddha talks about dukkha, that which is difficult to withstand, he also say, you know, he lists things like sorrow, lamentation, pain, grief, and despair. And so sorrow, the umbrella term for all the ways that we experience sadness. Right? Lamentation, all the ways that we complain or that we lament, right? Or regrets, all of that, those umbrella terms. Pain, that's an easy one. We absolutely need it many times. Oh, I'm burning. Oh, okay, I'm just going to... No, I'm burning. I've got to stop burning, right? So definitely physical pain, emotional pain. Grief, there's nothing like grief to take you into the earth. And despair. Uh, Despair, what happens when you're at the end of your... Rope. And so he says, this is the way it is. Your karma as being this kind of embodied being is that at some points you will experience despair. So what do you do with it? So my teacher, Arjun Sumedho, used to say, I've given the same talk 40 years. Just talk about the Four Noble Truths. And it's true and it's not true. See, it's a good speaker. But he also used to say there's a difference between pati, pati and pativedi. Sort of having an, a knowledge of the Dhamma in your head or a knowledge of practice in your head. And pativeda or pativedi is this um, 
realization, or sometimes referred to as a penetrating something. And that's what happens to you when you have little awakenings, like, whoa, I just gossiped and it caused this. I will never gossip again. Like, you realize how gossiping is bad, and then you're like, whoa, I just realized that, right? Or something happens since the way you do self-harm, and you're like, I will never do that again. That is pativedi. When all of a sudden, you know, it happens to alcoholics sometimes. They're like, that's it. That's it. Like, you have this understanding sometimes. You just feel it. Forgiveness is like that. It drops. You can't force it. You can't force gratitude. When you, gratitude is knowing what that which has been given. So pativedi is when you feel it. It's like, and you have to notice what has been given to you. So a healthy body, like, wow. I could take a shower by myself, and I take the time to do that. And so the times when, you know, you start looking at people are being shot in the street. We have a political system that's a mess. You know. What happened in Orlando was gay people were killed during Latin night. So I'm a gay man, and I'm Latino. I was asked at EBMC to go and do some of the healing practices, and I'm like, nope. That's not in a space that I'm in. And that's taking care of myself. You know? The Latino community can be really homophobic. And the gay white community can be really racist. And there's always conflicting things in my life, in the community. And this had happened. And it's just, it's another instance of this violence that happens in this country. And this effect has, has, uh, Cause so much pain and people, you know, going deep into into responses, right? Or I look in uh, where I live in, in in California. I live in San Francisco, but I I work in Oakland with mainly Latino immigrant community, teaching art to um, high school students, mainly ninth graders, and Donald Trump is this figure that is so symbolic to them, you know, that there's fear and there's anger, there's rage that I notice in, in, in the families that I work with. And with me, I'm like, we've got to be thankful with Donald Trump. Those of you that know how to do metta, loving kindness meditation, you know the third one where you have to do metta to a difficult person? <laughs> if you're a Donald Trump supporter, I would love to talk to you. There's nobody in my life that... Um, <laughs> That supports Donald Trump, and, and, and I'm just curious. I, and honestly, honestly, I, like, I just want to know, you know. I mean, I, I have my assumptions, but. And so you look at the world, and the Buddha, and again, Ajahn Sumero used to talk about, and sorry to tol- throw the Pali words at you, but I think just like the word emotion can mean different things, Pali has this richness that I love. So Yoniso Manasikara. Wise reflection. It's this Yoniso Manasikara is also focusing your mind on questions or on issues that will lead you to the end of suffering. 
Yoniso Manasikara. So it's not, oh, because honestly, when I started meditating um, as a monk, I was 23, 24. And I thought, oh, it's like getting a graduate degree. You do this, you do this, you do this, and you get enlightened. I mean, I wasn't that stupid, you know, like saying that to myself. But there was a, a side to me that it was an accomplishment. Being enlightened was an accomplishment. If I did the right things at the right time, I will be a non-returner. Maybe I'll be a once-returner. There's these titles, you know. And then it'll be an arahant. And uh, after a while now, it's like, mm, doesn't quite work like that. It's not a, it's not a graduate degree. So Yanisamani Sakar is also about perspective. What was our planet a hundred years ago? Millions of people in Europe either about to be killed or died, you know, these world wars. What was it 500 years ago, where I'm from, in El Salvador, where they made the native people into slaves? Or you look into Scandinavia a thousand years ago, you're, you're just sitting there and then somebody comes over and takes over your village. You know, we have this history in humanity of horrible, horrible things, and also beautiful, beautiful things. And so when things happen here, what are you comparing it to? What species? And what time frame? That's one thing. Wisdom can be defined as knowing the way things are. This is the way things are as a species. We have greed, hatred, and delusion. How many times have you heard that if you're in the Buddhist world? It's the way we operate. I want your village... I want your gold. You're less than. I'm going to dehumanize you. And I'm ignorant. And I choose to keep being ignorant. Those are the three roots that we're dealing with. And then most spiritual traditions then say, then have generosity, wisdom, and loving kindness to put it in the pot and steer it. Okay, so going back to feeling overwhelmed. There's so many kinds of being overwhelmed, right? A parent that has two kids, doesn't know where the food is going to come with, the job is really horrible, and it's kind of impinging in your mind. What do you do with that? You know? That's a question that is a common question for our species. I have so many, you know, that the, the image we have is the juggler, right? I'm juggling so many things. My relationships are a mess. My financials are a mess. Like I have all these things that I'm juggling and everything's a mess. So we want a cure. We want the end of suffering. There are times when it's crisis like that. Um, there's no easy answer. Can I throw another? Just one last poly word. Just one. Kanti. Patience. So Kantiko is patient endurance. And um, I don't know why. Ajahn Sumedho used to talk about this a lot. And I never really paid attention. <laughs> was, um, I don't know what I was doing. But I was like, he, he would talk about this. And it's only recently that I've, I've um, 
but I've really, really taken to heart what it means to patiently endure that this, this quality of patient is basically you're sitting with your dukkha. And at, at some points in spiritual traditions, people surrender. You know, you bow to life. And sometimes grace happens, is what they call it. Or sometimes nothing happens. And you continue with this. But to stand in a place where you can be strong, you know, it's like the world is a mess, and I don't know when it hasn't been. Again, what are we comparing it to? Because people can say, oh, humanity is a mess. I mean, as a species, we're very successful. There's seven billion of us. And you're like, the animals, they're going extinct. We have virus in the earth. You can get so depressed about so many things. How do you deal with it? And then there's this quality of becoming numb. But if you know, you know, when your foot falls asleep, it's also kind of unpleasant. Like numbness is not just, you know, where they inject that stuff in your teeth, when they numb, it's like, none of it is pleasant. So that's how I view that the word being numb. It's not just feeling like, oh, there's nothingness. There's, just, there's also a, a, a pain involved with numbing yourself to the world where you say, I can't respond. So what do I do, uh, you know, like with this shooting in Orlando, with all the things that are going on, with being in a social justice-themed school? Okay, take perspective. How can I be patient? And then I just say, I want to respond. And I'm going to wait to know how I'm going to respond. Because what, I, what happened after the Orlando shooting, one of the first things I thought was, I've never done anything about this issue. The fact that you can buy these weapons in this country like this. I've never written a letter. I've never done anything. And I didn't say, oh, I have to do this now. But it was like, I made this small commitment that I'm going to do something. I don't know when or how, but it's a commitment. It's like, this is something that it's no longer acceptable to be in this country. And, and I will either do art or write or organize something. But you know, that helps me. And that action is also a prayer. In the Buddhist world, prayer is not really used very often. And even when I was at, uh, in the monastery, we used to go and chant at 5 in the morning or in Thailand at 3.30 in the morning. And I would tell the monks, we're going to morning prayers. They would just kind of look at me like, I'm like, that's what we're doing. We're lighting incense and candles and chanting, and then we're sitting in silence. And then we're, you know, um, I'm not afraid of the word prayer. And also, responding to life can give you energy. Now, I'm going to uh, lead you on a little. I do karuna meditation. Um, oops, was that another Pali term? But it's common, so it doesn't count. Uh, I'm really glad I was noticing in the newsletter that Common Ground is doing um, sessions on the Brahma Viharas, the, the divine abidings, the mature emotions. There's so many ways of calling them. This is an optional exercise. Um, the word trigger has been used 
Western psychology when something can happen. And a friend of mine who's a psychologist says, I don't like the word trigger because it, it kind of reminds me of weapons. So I use activated. So I'm going to lead you a little bit on a compassion meditation that is kind of heavy. Um, and so if you don't feel comfortable doing that, um, maybe you can wait for us outside and we can go get you and you can do your own meditation. When I do metta meditation, I, I used to think of my baby sister walking her first steps, and I used to just light up, and that was the, what I call the doorway to my metta meditation. Just feel loving kindness, and then do it. When I do karuna meditation, um, I think that there are 7 billion people in the world, and there is a chance that a child is being raped at this very moment. And that was my doorway to karuna meditation. Now, this is a heavy thing, and that's why I'm asking you that um, we're going to go into the pain of the world. And the way I do karuna meditation is that I go really deep into pain, and then it resurfaces. So it's kind of like oil boiling. The oil is cool, and then it kind of surfaces. And after that, um, you have energy and, and uh, compassion and wisdom where you feel strong. So I'm going to start with doing the, the, the four Brahma Viharas, but the main one I'm going to do right now is Karuna, which is compassion. And that is in my toolbox, one of the things that makes me survive as a human being. Where I'm from, El Salvador was counted, Honduras and El Salvador were fighting over the most violent place in the world that was not at war. And so shootings in my homeland happen every single day. Can I say that again? Every single day, people are dying. And they're not at, at an official war. And so, you know, when children are killed in the U.S. or now in Baghdad and all that, it's a reality that I live with. And I don't want to go crazy again, like when I was 16, you know. I was hospitalized for two months. And if, if I would have had a shaman, it would have been a lot easier. But my system could not handle it. You know, I was taking the world too much. I was having openings without guidance. And I don't want that to happen here. So we're going to be safe. Uh, but please take care of yourself. So if you just need to step outside, that's okay. Too. Um, is there a way to um, have the microphone but not? Is this being recorded at all? Yeah. Is there a way to have the microphone but not be recorded? Yeah. Well, is the mic going to go off as well, or just the recording? Okay. Yeah, if you can do that. Um, the reason why I, I don't want to record it is because um, if someone needs to process a little bit here, I'm here, but I don't want this taped. The experience that I have is, you know, many times I'm actually crying and feeling, you know, because I really go into, especially this child that I'm standing with. And what it does is that it encourages me not to live a superficial life. And I don't mean superficial, like I still watch Netflix and I like ice cream and you know, it's not, I'm not a monk anymore, it's not about that. And I, and I love being silly actually, especially with my ninth graders. It's not about that, but after doing Karuna meditation, I really don't want to waste my life. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm making sense. And it fuels me. It allows me to live in this crazy world 
going into this pain that, that, that people feel. And so when things like Orlando come in, or, or when I look at the past of our species, I actually feel strong. You know, that I want to live my life so that we don't make the world a crazy place. It's, it's, I, you know, I don't want to cause any harm after I do Karuna meditation. Because I don't assume that I'm harmless. <laughs> I think it's a dangerous assumption just to say, like, oh, I'm harmless. Um, Sometimes I do uh, loving-kindness meditation when I'm walking to the train. That's when I do it. And this compassion meditation, um, how can I explain it? It's like when the Orlando things happen, it's like, it's like a bank account that I can go to. And I can, I can drop into this compassionate feeling, which gives me strength. That's my experience. I, I don't know if I'm making any sense, because I've never shared this part of my practice, part of my toolbox. Um, but it's how, you know, when I used to think, should I be in the United States, or should I be offering something in El Salvador? What should I be doing with my life? Should I be, you know, you can get into these things. Am I doing the right job? Blah, 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 blah. And I think, uh, I think meditation is very powerful. And it doesn't have to be all about, I'm during my neuroplasticity and I'm, you know, dealing with my stress. And, you know, I, I, I see covers of magazines now like mindfulness and meditation is going to cure your difficult emotions. <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it, it does, but it's not, it's not one of these things of like, now, now I'm going to meditate and I won't feel grief. Meditation can be so hard. And why are they advertising it as this pleasant little spy experience? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's become part of this neo-meditation world where you just go and, and you're wearing your yoga pants and it's a sunset. <laughs> and and uh, many times you're sitting there and it's like, what just happened? My brain is like, well... I remember telling myself, really telling myself, I cannot fix the world. The world cannot be fixed. And that's the way it is. Right? Just the way it is. So living in Minnesota, you know, Minnesota gives a lot of money to charity. You know, it tends to, to be a place uh, with a lot of wholesomeness. So many times we live in a, in a place where we have the privilege to read, to think. I'm going to give you an, another uh, chance to, I don't know if you want to switch partners or join another group. Um, another deal, you know, talk maybe about something that has been going on with your life, about either the outside, how you deal with it. Sometimes it's helpful to just check in with somebody. It's like, what do you do when you you know, listen to the news or read the news, watch the news. When you do an analysis, what kind of helps you? Sometimes it's nice just to hear from somebody, oh, you know, this helps me. Like this dog that I rescued, she's really helpful. <laughs> you know, sometimes cuddling the dog helps you. 
Or maybe you can check in about um, whether you're curious about this karuna meditation, this kind of compassion meditation. Um, so kind of have a little check-in. See where you are with the topic, and then uh, we're going to finish up a little bit and then uh, open it up to see if anybody has um, questions for me or to each other um, after I do a couple more comments about this, uh, how to deal with, how to use the Dhamma so that it's not just a, a, an exercise in the head. How do you pick something and really work, like you're really working with it, so that you're focusing on how do you end suffering? Okay. So check in with yourself. It's kind of like compassion. What, what do you do? Um, I'll give you about three to four minutes, just a quick little one. Just one thing that stood out. Um, what's kind of in, what's in the room, right? Not, you can't get answers in just one session about all of this, but sometimes it's nice just to see how do people deal with the world. Okay? Someone from here, a volunteer. Yes. Um, I, I usually, I, I guess I kind of interpreted the question as like, how do we deal with like the larger suffering in the world? Larger suffering in the world as 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 well. So I guess I I, I kind of picture the aggressor in whatever situation it may be, and um, I just I I kind of just comprehend like their actions are really a result of the, the suffering that's inside of themselves and the pain that's within them, and you know we I think I think we all can identify with. Um, suffering and pain and things like that and then i think of how immense this person's suffering was in order to drive them to do um such terrible uh actions um and i really start with having a uh, compassion to uh to that person uh um first at least trying to and um thank you yeah, one of my mantras was, happy people are not mean. Why would someone happy be mean? And many times when we go to places of meanness, it's, you're not in a place of happiness, right? When you sent that email that was a little bit nasty, just a little. Like, that was not a happy moment for you. That reactivity. So to finish up, to wrap it up, you know, again... Yoniso Manasikara, it's not just about sitting, um, you know, sila. I'm very concerned, actually, that virtue of, or, or integrity or morality is taken out of the equation in some of the um, scholastic world or, or brain world. It's like, oh, you don't really need, we don't really need to talk about sila, um, here I am with my poly again. But again, it's, it, it's, it's this acting in a way that doesn't harm. That protects you. you know, it, gives you it gives you some armor. It gives you the integrity. And then you can meditate and actually make it about the world. And, and I was just saying to someone right you know, before here, you can't give what you don't have. Can I remember that? Can't give what you don't have. And celebrate 
the things in your life where you have profoundly made a change. Where you're like, oh, shoplifting was fun. It's a team. And there's a point, you know, that maybe in the early 20s, it's like, I'm not going to shoplift anymore. <laughs> I, I made that, I'm talking about myself here. <laughs> I'm like, you know, 13, shoplifting is kind of fun. But you know, there was a point where I'm like, no. It's like, and again, you know, my teacher, I don't know, Ajahn Sumedho's words have been really um, alive the last two years for me, uh, more than when I was in his presence. That so many times Westerners don't celebrate the goodness that they have. And it's actually one of the meditations that the Buddha said is, reflect on your goodness, the goodness of your life. You know, when the world is crazy, reflect on the goodness of your life. And for me, uh, devotional practice, I, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly how to define devotion, but it's bowing to um, to the, the mystery that, that is, you know. So I have a little Buddha statue, and you know, it doesn't matter, there are people in villages in traditional Buddhism, it doesn't matter what's happening in their lives, they bow and they light a candle. You know? So every day of my life, I light a Japanese incense in front of Green Tara, the painting. And it's not a big thing. It's kind of like good day, bad day, grumpy, not grumpy. There's this incense, you know. And sometimes having a little thing that's for you. I also do this. I kind of hide it from my partner because he doesn't. (laughs) May my thoughts, my heart, and my actions align. May the Father, which is the mystery, (laughs) the Son, which is the human being, and the Holy Spirit, which is the truth, energy, protect me. May the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. And so before the elevator, I do this, and it just... Every day in my building, I just, you know, it connects me to my Catholic Salvadorian thing. I I have no big complaints with the Catholic Church. Never had mean nuns. It was liberation theology. But it connects with a cultural thing. But, you know, I do this thing, and I physically connect. And uh, I'm like, I don't know how the day is going to go, but here I am. (laughs) I used to pray the rosary when I was a Buddhist monk. We have time for one little comment or question. Um, sorry about that, but I wanted you to talk to each other a little bit more as opposed to me talking more. Um, I encourage you to keep going. I love, love Common Ground. Thank you for being here. And I have this practice that um, when Dana money is, gov- is donated, I donate it back. And so I've decided there's a, an organization in El Salvador who does... Uh, gang prevention work by teaching kids how to play instruments, by teaching carpentry, by teaching gardening, so that they take the kids before they go into a gang. Um, A lot of the murders that have been happening in El Salvador is because of the gang issues. 
So prayer to me is to also give money, you know, and to give generosity. And, and uh, I can't change what's happening in El Salvador, but like, oh, here's a statement. The money that was given to Common Ground, then I'll give it to this organization run by the Salesians in El Salvador. So one comment or question about anything that's happened today, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Do I share my practice with my students? Yes and no. Um, a couple of years ago, we started a mindfulness program at the school. And it went okay. I mean, teenagers, I tell them, you know, you're the first generation that has never seen a world without the internet. Right? We're running an experiment with your brains that nobody knows. I'm not, I'm not pessimistic or negative. I'm just, it's interesting that you've never been without a phone. Right? And so sometimes I just do, let's do 45 seconds of closing eyes. And that's hard for them sometimes. Um, and sometimes I talk about it, and, and I definitely answer any questions that, that they come up with sometimes. Because um, they deal with a lot of issues. Um, there's been a lot of stuff in Oakland recently. Um, a lot of people being displaced, a lot of things like that. Um, any mini, mini, mini ones? Or just a comment. It doesn't have to be a question. Yeah. So I have to mention this. I moved from San Francisco a few years ago, and I know humidity is a big part of the Can I hear from San Francisco? You don't necessarily have to hear from Okay. Do you know the No. You don't? Okay. I thought you were Just talking about someone who lives in San Francisco. So maybe I can connect. Okay. Um, thank you for being here. Let's dedicate the. Uh, this time, this practice, ah, to the wellness of all beings. Ah, in Thailand, they believe in cel celestial beings. Not only they believe they experience celestial beings. So it's not just human beings; it's the animals. And every time that we take time for ourselves to pay attention to our breath something that we can dedicate to every sentient being so that we can realize the deathless, we can realize Nibbana, we can put into practice what the Buddha and all the sages through the years. We honor our ancestors by being happy. They survived so that we could be here so we bring our ancestors and we give thanks to them and we tell our ancestors that we are trying to be happy to honor them. May every living being be at peace. If there's anything I have said that has been offensive, inaccurate, I ask for your forgiveness. If anything has been useful, take it and pass it around. This talk, like all programs at Common Ground, is offered freely in the spirit of generosity. To learn more about Common Ground and its programs, or if you would like to donate, please visit our website, www.commongroundmeditation.org. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.